Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Bouncing back into another big edition of the Talking Hoops Podcast. It is Ned joined by the boys, John Fitzgerald and Trace Leffler, a.k.a. Leff, a.k.a. Pappy. Trace, how are you, man? I'm going to kick things off with you because we've got a fun story for the listeners slash watchers to say about you, man. Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a been a good week it's nice to have um nba preseason on the way games happening things are kicking off the season's about to start i'm keen gearing up and ready to go watch some games again hell yeah that is what's up and john i want to tell you this awesome story about Treth left here he's just sort of skipped past the whole puppy thing like i thought he might he's a trainer at our local gym and <laughs> do you want to tell it Treth, or would you prefer me to tell it i can probably sell it a bit better you'll probably play it down Oh, you can say it, man. You can say it. Go for it. Basically, the other night we were doing a workout and there was a whole bunch of these Filipino women in there. And after the session, they were all talking about getting a photo with the hot trainer, Trace, or a.k.a. the hot puppy. So now we're just calling him Poppy. And there he was apparently mid. You got the photo, didn't you, there, Lef? I did in the end get a photo. I didn't know about all what they were saying until the very end, though. I I heard a little bit of a... Of a, a puppy somewhere in there, but I didn't know about the hot trainer stuff until after when Tish told me. So, oh, it was a funny it's, situation, it's though. Stuff. So, you know, this guy's going to be like up on some fridges and in the houses and whatnot of these ladies. So, we're amongst royalty here, Johnny. Oh. Puppy Leffler, aka <laughs> Left, but we won't do that because he started rocking me with some names that I didn't like. So, we'll just go back to Left. Yeah. But I had to get that one out there. A whole bunch of fun, John. Yeah, I'll tell you what, looking like he is right now with that sort of muscle muscle shirt slash NBA singlet on, I'm not surprised. Actually, I'm a little bit intimidated here, man, but it's really good to be back. It was fun talking the East last week, of course. That's our conference. We're now back talking the West. And, of course, the NBA tip-off's only days away now, guys. So, so keen to get stuck into some more NBA action. And, of course, the NBL's not far away too, Nettie, so we'll be talking about that at some stage, but all NBA-flavoured today. It definitely is. And right before we jump into this, Lef, you were talking a little bit about your boy. Before we switch things up to the West, it is basically the Ben Simmons show right here. Let us know the latest on Ben. He rocked up to the arena. You're saying, was this when they played the Pistons or was this at a home game or what's happening? Yeah, I think it was during the Pistons game. He Apparently, he was reported to come in, get a COVID or get his um, COVID status taken. And yeah, he's back. Uh, ben Boy's back in the building. Who knows what's happening? Uh, he might still get traded. He might be staying. It just depends. But it looks like he doesn't want to get any more money taken off him and he's back with the team. Well, like you really wouldn't want to lose that sort of money. Like, I'd be happy if I had anywhere near that sort of money. But just to throw it away like that, that's crazy. We're going to have to watch this space on Ben Simmons. I really thought it would have been sort of all under the carpet by now and he would have moved on. But it still seems to be the flavor of the day left. Mm, I don't think they can get a good enough trade for him. You know, Ben's so good, but not everyone knows how good he is. So until all the other teams figure out how how good my man Ben Simmons is, no one's going to trade for him. But yeah, we know how rumors getting around about Jeremy Grant for Ben Simmons too, and I'm like, man, I'd, I'd prefer to hang on to Jeremy Grant just quietly. But you know, that's a story for another day. We are here to talk the Western Conference, and John, I'm going to kick things off with you, man. We are talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. They signed Josh Giddy, who played in the NBL last year, which is some very exciting news for us. He's just turned 19, I believe, probably the day we're recording this. So a big happy birthday goes out to Josh. But OKC, they're projected on the, uh, what do we got here? The projected power rankings to be 15th in the West. John, we're going to kick it off with you, man. What are you thinking of Oklahoma City, the Thunder? Yeah, starting at the bottom, and it's a uh, fairly low start, actually, with OKC. It's going to be a very long season for them. But uh, Josh Giddy, I think, probably couldn't have entered the better or the, any better situation for him at the moment. He's going to get some serious minutes. And I'll tell you what, boys, looking at him in the preseason, that kid was built for NBA basketball. He looks unreal out there and really excited to see what he can do this season. I saw a guy out there on Twitter saying that he'll be the youngest NBA player in history to score a triple-double in a game, and I think he's spot on. I think Josh Giddy's going to get a couple of those this season, and we'll see the best of him in the NBA. But let's sort of mention a couple other names on this roster. Of course, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's going to be close to an all-star this year, depending on how that team goes. He's going to carry that side. But it gets pretty bleak after that. They picked up Trey Mann at uh, pick 18. Uh, He's going to be a nice backup, I say, to Gilgis-Alexander. Isaiah Roby and Darius Baisley, a couple of fairly solid kind of big men. 
But I think otherwise for, uh, for OKC, it's really just going to be working towards the draft over the next couple of years. I think they've got three first round picks in 2022 and I'm pretty sure they got four in 2023 because they've got the sort of the uh, Paul George trade this year. I think that's a protected one trade. Or maybe it's, it might actually be an unprotected first round pick, but they're going to be going to the lottery the next couple of seasons. I think it's uh, yeah, going to be a pretty long one for the Thunder very much in the rebuild sort of thing at the moment, John. And before we sort of jump too much past that, I want to know, what is the youngest age of a triple-double in the NBA? Like, what does he have to top to get there? I think he just has to get one this season. I'm pretty sure. Is I'm not it? sure what it would be, but I'd say 19 would be pretty young for a, for a triple-double. I've actually, I've got this, I actually know this. I think the two youngest people in NBA history, it was Markel Fult, and then I think it might be Luka Doncic. So, but I think it's currently held by Markel Fultz. How old though, Lev? How old? Yeah, I think um, I think Fitzy was right. I think it's nineteen. I d- yeah, but it's based on the birthday, so it's it's mm. whenever his birthday falls. To be honest, because a bunch of people have done it at nineteen. Just depends if he does it early in the year or late in the year, I guess. Oh, there's a little bit of a watch this space for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but you're basically saying apart from the triple-double watch, there's not much to look out for, Johnny. Can you uh, add anything to this left, or are we moving on from the Thunder? Uh, look, all I can say about the Thunder is I think I think the Thunder are a really fun team. Like, obviously, yeah. Johnny's right. They're, they're freaking loaded with draft picks. Like, it's all about the future for them and letting their young core develop. But, look some really interesting interesting players like I love Shea Gilgis for example like he was actually one of the best individual scorers in the league last year like he had a true shooting percentage which was the fourth highest in the league like the man's really good um I'm not sure if you mentioned Lou Dort there Fitzy but he's no, he's no. great mm. he's the hardened stopper you know the a great defensive man and you know they're just a fun team fun to watch out for I can't wait to see our man Josh Giddy. he's looked amazing during preseason and yeah, Oklahoma fans, just look forward to the future. That's all I can say. Give it a couple of years and, and you guys are going to be good. You're going to be really good. Very much in the rebuilding stage like the Detroit Pistons there, Traith. And a fun fact or a horrifying fact for me, which I tagged you guys both in on, I think the Pistons owe more to Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, who no longer even play for them, than what Oklahoma City are paying their entire starting roster. Is that what it was? <laughs> there was something horrible Sorry. like that that just made me feel... There you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's good for the Thunder, though, because that means they don't have a lot of money on the book. So they can hit the draft yeah. pretty hard, maybe bring a couple of veterans in there and build something. But it's not going to be this season for them. But like I said, I am really keen to see how Josh Giddy goes because he could play between the one and the three potentially this season. So we'll just wait and see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, probably more of a long-term prospect, I think, for OKC. Yeah, most definitely, man. And like you said, though, man, Trace, they're going to be a fun team to watch, and that's what we're about here at Talking Hoops. We like those fun teams. The Houston Rockets, I've never been a massive fan of these guys. They're projected to come in 14th on the power rankings. Not sure if you guys saw today, another Australian, Dante Exum, has been cut from the roster, which is a little mm. bit sad. But, Johnny, once again, we'll start with you. What are your takes on the Houston Rockets, my friend? Yeah, unfortunately, it's just about full rebuild mode, I think, for the Houston Rockets. like they've, mm. Again, they've got some good young pieces as well. Jalen uh, Green was the second uh, second overall pick. Kevin Porter Jr., I really like. He's in going into his third season. And Kenyon Martin Jr., too. Nettie to shades yeah. of Kenyon Martin back in the uh, mid-2000s there. He's going into his second season as well. But they do have one potential superstar on that team, and that's Christian Wood. Now, he came across from Detroit. He has – I was just, I threw that in there just because – Love him. He took a huge step forward last season. Some comparisons there to Anthony Davis at his best. He gets it done on both ends of the court. Uh, so I'm really excited to see him take that next step. But it's just going to be a full rebuild mode, of course. John Wall's sort of, I don't know what, what he's sort of up to at the moment. Eric Gordon and Daniel Thies are both sort of fairly handy sort of veteran players there. But I think they'll look to move on a few veteran contracts and build around Wood and, uh, and go back to the draft again. But I'd say, Trath, it's just going to be full rebuild mode for the Rockets as well. Yeah, man. Agreed. Not much else to say. They're going to be fun. Very similar to OKC. Jalen Green's going to be great. I reckon, uh, I think he might win Rookie of the Year this year just because of the scoring side of things. I could see him maybe being a 20-point-per-game scorer, sort of similar to Anthony Edwards was last year. But yeah, just interesting though. Like, I wonder who's going to trade for John Wall. Like, I'm keen to see where he goes. I think a lot of people forget how good he is. He's going to make a big impact on a team. Like, I'd love to see John on the Clippers. Like, I reckon that'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Don't know who they trade for it, though. There's some big words right there. Cade Cunningham's going to wrap up that rookie of the year for starters there. <laughs> left. Come on, man. Get out of here. 
Anyways, no, I, I do hear what you're saying, though, and big props to you, Fitzy, on Christian Wood. I tell you what, when we traded him, sad days because he was doing some big things there in the day before he went to Houston. But is there any more we'd like to touch on on the Rockets, lads? Nah, just look, I just wanted to put in there, you know, a few of these teams. It's funny how the mighty have fallen for some of these sides, isn't it, going back a few years ago? but It's, it's fantastic gonna... is what I'd like to say, man. It's like a whole new breed <laughs> yeah, because yeah. when we get into the uh, 13th slot, a team that has always been right up there, the San Antonio Spurs, they're looking to have a bit of a lackluster season by the power rankings here. I am very excited, though, to watch our boy, John. And this is a great trade for when talking about the NBA a dude that John and I spoke to fresh off the plane from his time at the St. Mary's Gales. This is well before he played for United and got the championship is Jock Landale. And he, I'm hoping, will have a big season there at San Antonio. We, we predicted this would happen, John. But yes. it's I guess the opportunity is going to be there. What are you thinking on the outlook for the Spurs? Yeah, he's definitely going to play some serious minutes. Probably off the bench, I would think, to start with. But he's got an opportunity there, Jock Landau. But the Spurs last season, it was the first time they missed the playoffs in back-to-back seasons in playoff history. Now, we do know they've got arguably the best coach in the land, uh, of course, Popovich. But definitely. the biggest problem this season going in, they've just got no stars on that roster. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan's gone. Paddy Mills is gone. He's the sort of team man there. Uh, of course, Jock Landau comes to town, as you mentioned. Uh Zach Collins could be anything. He's come across from Portland. They need to get a full season out of him. Doug McDermott's going to slot in there as well. He, he had a fairly uh, fairly decent season for Indiana last year as well. But you've still got DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker. Like These guys aren't household names, but they're a young, exciting core. And I just feel like the, the sort of mix of Popovich on top of that makes them an interesting prospect. I can't see them going too far into the playoffs this year, but, uh, but I think Popovich will have a few things up his sleeve. Oh, definitely. And how about Doug McDermott? When you want to talk about plays that do not sound like basketballers, Doug McDermott. But yeah, he had a he's a very good player. He can shoot a bit too. And interesting play to look out for there. The Spurs, though. Well, like you said, they're looking to go back-to-back seasons without making the playoffs. Traith, would you like to touch on anything there, my friend? Puppy. Oh, look, once again, Fitzy's on the ball. Like he knows what he's talking about. I only thing with the Spurs is I just they're pretty a pretty lackluster team this year. Fitzy, mate, you nailed it on the head. There's just no star. Like, who's yeah. that number one guy? You'd imagine it would be DeJounte Murray, probably. But I think the biggest thing for them is internal development. You can tell now they're looking towards the future. They drafted Joshua Primo way higher than expected. He was supposed to be a late first-round pick, and they picked him in the lottery. He's the youngest player in the NBA now, I believe. And so he's going to be a couple years in the making. Um, look, it's just... They're just going to be an interesting team. I I personally think Greg's just going to call it a day sooner or later, to be honest. I just, uh, I don't know if he's going to want to sit through another, re- like a rebuild all over again. So Greg will coach until he's dead, I reckon, man. He'll be like, he'll be, they'll be wheeling him out. Kind of like Richie Benno in the cricket a few years back. They'll be wheeling him out in a wheelchair, man. He'll be like... Actually, you know what's yeah. interesting? The comparison I've sort of thought about here, Nettie, was Brian Gorgian going to uh, going to the Hawks, to Illawarra, and how he turned that team around just with the right culture and the right people. So it's yep. it's Greg Popovich. Anything could happen with this lineup, but they're definitely going full rebuild, as, as sort of Trace pointed out as well. A couple of nice pieces in there, but yeah, the scoring just, I don't know where it comes from. Murray will probably take that next step. White and, and, and sort of Kelvin Johnson, there's some team players in there, but you're not going to get 25 mm. points a game out of any of those names, I wouldn't have thought. So this is probably that Spurs rebuild that's been longer overdue I, I would say Nettie yes yes I indeed uh, I indeed agree with that here's a team that we're excited about though or I'm excited about the Sacramento Kings we were talking about this on a previous edition these boys haven't seen the finals or the playoffs since the Mike Bibby days back in the day is that right I think so yeah with Doug Christie and Stojakovic and yeah boys. your boys man Big fans of the Sacramento Kings. Big shout-out to our boy Barrett Allison and the California Bear Gang. They love them. Season ticket holders right there. I'm going to have to hit up a Kings game with him one day. They've got some good pieces here in Sacramento, some exciting players, I think. What do you think of the Kings? We'll kick things off with you this time, Laf. The Kings are all about development again this year. Look, they've kept Luke Walton, who I'm not, I'm not personally a big fan of, but... I think mm. after the Lakers gig that he deserves to be an assistant coach, not a head coach. But yeah, you look at them last year, they were they were 31 and 41. So not a great year. Um, they've still got their young core, De'Aaron Fox. He's um, great. Like I, I think he could make a push to be an all-star this year personally. He's um, very underrated. 
They've still got Buddy Heald, who's obviously one of the best three-point shooters in the whole NBA, who I thought might have been traded to the Lakers actually this year, but that trade didn't go ahead, even though it was in the talks. I love um, them too, do- man. They're the two players I'm talking about when I say they've got an exciting sort of, like those two guys, man, so good. Sorry to cut you off there, left. Keep going, my man. No, nah, mate, you're right, though. They are exciting. Another one, they're probably the one I'm most excited for, Tyrese Halliburton. Finished third in Rookie of the Year. He's just a, he's really a Swiss Army knife. Like, he, he is great. He's a great secondary playmaker, a really good scorer, solid from three, solid defensively. Like, he's someone to watch out for. I could definitely see him taking that next step, sort of being that real secondary star behind De'Aaron Fox. They've still got Marvin Bagley the third, who, look, Hasn't had a great start to his career, but look, you never know. Like, he's still got all that potential. He was the third pick in the NBA draft. Like, I mean, he was drafted before Luka, Luka Doncic even. So, look, oh. I reckon he could be... Yeah, he, he's got a lot of potential still. I could definitely see him coming out if he finally got consistency because he hasn't had any good minutes. Like, he's just been in and out of the rotation, injured. So, interesting there. you still got Harrison Barnes. Uh, a, a great reliable vet, even from his Golden State days. You've got Rashawn Holmes, underrated center. Davion Mitchell, their new um, rookie. He's good. He's a short king. I think he's I think he's only like 5'11 or something. Very underrated. Great defender. Great three-point shooter. He looks promising. And then look, they've still signed, they've signed Tristan Thompson in the offseason. And just yeah, they're a they're a young team. But I think they're going to be a fun team. I'm hoping this year they can really be competitive and maybe make the play in turn. I'm definitely going to check out some Sacramento Kings games. I like these guys. And you guys, you know, you're like sort of entering that stage in your life. Not you yet, Traith. But I, I do hope, like, John, if you ever have a son, I'd like to, you to call him John Fitzgerald the second, And then hopefully he'll be John Fitzgerald the third, And then you can have Traith Leffler the third down the line left. Like, I think that would no, no, be no. cool if you could bring Poppy the second. Puppy, Puppy the second. Yes, I like it right there. <laughs> Would you like to touch on anything, Johnny, on the Sacramento uh, Kings? Yeah, I think Left sort of summed it up pretty well. It's kind of funny because the Kings are kind of a team that everyone was getting excited about in seasons gone past with that young core, but now they're all a little bit older. All the yeah. pieces you mentioned there are quite good. I think Tyrese Halliburton's probably stolen that starting shooting guard position now, I would say. That's his to to run with. Uh, Bagley's the one, I reckon. Like we've, we've been waiting for him to break out since he entered the league, really, uh, and a lot of it rests on his shoulders, I think, there. I, I still feel like they're probably one of those middle-of-the-road teams, like Buddy Hill can shoot the three, but otherwise they're a very average kind of shooting team. They maybe make that sort of playing tournament, as, as Left mentioned. That's probably a, a best-case scenario for them. Darren Fox is a star on the rise, of course, and uh, and Harrison Barnes is a handy player. Rashawn Holmes is a very underrated center as well. So some really, really nice pieces in there. Of course, Davian Mitchell, they're going to fit him into that sort of point guard rotation as well. So we'll wait and see with the Sacramento Kings. A bit of a bit of an East Coast flavor about this team, actually. Young core, exciting to watch. Could be anything. But they really need all those pieces to come together to, to really make a push for playoffs. That's absolutely beautifully summed up right there, Johnny. I could not agree more. And looking forward to watching these guys play, though, I tell you that much. And kind of like what you were talking about before with the sort of drop of the Spurs and the Rockets and the end of that era, I would like to see these sort of teams sort of move up a little bit and take that next step. Like you're talking like the Sacramento Kings and these guys here, the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, Traith Leffler, what do you, can you tell us about Zion Williamson and the uh, – New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, man, this is it's it's it, it's all about Zion. Zion's the make or break for this team. You have a young star in Zion who's look potential-wise, he could be an MVP candidate in the future. Like literally the best interior scorer in the whole league. He scored 18 points per game in the paint, which is the highest since I think it was Shaquille O'Neal actually, even higher than Giannis and which is an underrated stat. He is exceptional, great inside. Look, they've still got Brandon Ingram. Look, he's been an all-star. Very underrated. I think he's a great isolation scorer. He's a good secondary playmaker. Still much, much younger than people think. He's not even 25 yet, so wow. he's still young. Yeah, you look, the offseason, they added Jonas Valanciunas, Devontae Graham. Jonas Valanciunas, man, that is an underrated center if there is ever one to name. He was arguably the best player for the Memphis Grizzlies last year, even over Jar. Like, consistency-wise, he was a great, great player. Easy was 2010 the player. Center, the center for the Grizzlies last year, you're saying? Yep. He was in that trade for Stephen Adams. 
um, yes, yes. who they did yeah did lose, which should make a big difference because obviously Stephen Adams doesn't doesn't space the floor. Him standing in the paint with Zion in, in the game is obviously doesn't help the team. But aside from that, you've still got you know Josh Hart, who's a he's, he's a great player. You've got Nikhil Alexander Walker, Jackson Hayes, who you're waiting on the development of. Kyra Lewis Jr. They're a bunch of you know young guys who could at any point really break out, take that next step. So they're an exciting young team. Um, I think the biggest thing for them though is just Zion's health. Man, have you seen how big that guy gets in the off season? This season, man, he was. You guys think I look big? Wait till you see Zion. He's a he's a behemoth of a man. Over three hundred pounds. Yeah, he really pounds. is, man. He's a scary, scary man. And it's funny that you say about him and Adams clogging up the paint because it kind of reminds me of the Horsham B grade Johnny, where everyone just clogs up the paint. These big, big boys, maybe not of NBA caliber, but uh, they're big in other ways, like maybe a little on the overweight side, which is funny. But yeah, Zion. I think I said Zion to start with. There, Zion. He's an absolute beast, Trath, and I would not want to bump into him in a dark alleyway. Is there anything you'd like to touch on there, Johnny, when it comes to New Orleans? Yeah, there's a there's a few things with, with Zion, I reckon. It's sort of almost, you know, gone from building that team around him to maybe even trying to keep him in, in the coming seasons, you know, depending on how the team goes. But I really do think they could surprise a few. They've also got Devontae Graham. He came across from Charlotte as well to sort of handle the point. He's taken over from Lonzo. Uh, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I really rate him as a guy that could take that next step. If those big boys are clogging the paint up, he's the shooter. <laughs> he's a great scorer as well. He could really go to a next level. But they're really... They really are going to have to rely on getting that sort of 60 points a game out of Ingram and Zion every night. I think it's going to sort of sort of rest on their shoulders quite a bit. But they've got some nice pieces in there, and I actually do think they could surprise a few. But uh, possibly, look, best case, maybe like a lower seed in the West, but they're going to need that fully healthy team. You know, Ingram's had his problems. You know, who knows what could happen with Zion, given that he's bigger than left at the moment. But, uh, yeah, the one to watch Just. is definitely, definitely Alexander Walker. I reckon he could be the sort of smoke in there to get them to that next level if he can get that 15, 20 points a game. But... Yeah, a lot needs to go right for the Pelicans this season, I think, to sort of improve on that 11th seed last year. Yeah, and I've just had that sort of like that little uh, light bulb go off there, Johnny. Didi Lozada, he's still at New Orleans. Yeah, is he, does he get minutes there or is he like yeah. the 15th man? I think he'd be oh, – look, he might push for a few minutes. He's still pretty young too. So remember my MVP candidate from last year in the NBL, yes, so that yeah. didn't go too well. So fingers crossed he can forge a little role in that team as well. But, um, yeah, they've got some solid rotations, the Pelicans. But, again, a lot needs to go right for them. Very well said. Very well summed up there. I like that. And here's a team which I didn't think would be as high up in the power ranking. So I'm interested to see what you guys see here. Maybe I've missed some signings and whatnot in the offseason, but they've got Minnesota up at the 10 spot. The Timberwolves – left what can you tell us about them man i'm keen for the minnesota timberwolves this year they are going to be a lot better than people think mm. last year that yeah they're going to be good like i i think people forget obviously they signed d'angelo russell d'angelo russell didn't play hardly at all last year i think Injured, they played yeah. less than like they didn't even play like i think they didn't play more than like six games together or something it was something ridiculous but obviously He's you've got carl anthony towns yeah, man, he's good. He's underrated, especially from those Brooklyn days. Since then, people have forgotten how yeah. good he is. But yeah, obviously, you've got Carl Anthony Towns. He's only 25. He's still super young. I'd love to see him get back to that sort of top three center in the league. I think, obviously, offensively, he's up there with the best. Like, he's he's right up there with Embiid and Jokic. I'd like to see him get back up there. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell, their rookie, Anthony Edwards, an absolute scorer, man. That guy can score. He's going to take a, a leap this year. Like... People don't realize in the first half of the season, he was extremely inefficient. That second half of the season, though, he his efficiency skyrocketed and he was playing like an all-star. So I'd watch out for him. Jaden McDaniels at the power forward position, underrated player, good defensively, great weak side shot blocker. So a great player to have beside Kyle Anthony Towns, who's not great defensively. And you've still got Malik Beasley, Josh Okoge, Jalen Well. Obviously, they got Pat Bev during the offseason. He's a big, big difference. I think he's a culture changer. Obviously, yeah. we know Pat Bev is that defensive guy, and I think he's just going to bring that intensity, get into those young guys. Hopefully, yeah, turn up that defense in the team. I think he's going to make a big difference. He's definitely the sort of Prince. player that you want on your team, but you don't want to be playing against him, yeah? Exactly, man, exactly. Mm. But I think, yeah, they're young core. It's all about just just watching them get better. And I think this season, if they all play together, they're going to be, I, I reckon they're going to be a top three offensive team in the league. But I think defensively, they might be bottom 10, even bottom five. And I think that's where it's going to hurt. 
Alrighty, Johnny, can you touch on anything there? Pat Bev, you'd have him yeah. on the Atlanta Hawks, wouldn't you, man? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind him. But I'll tell you what, I think they do like a bit in terms of backcourt defense on that. Definitely in that starting five. But I had a note written here about Patrick Beverly being a, a sort of a culture changer for a team. You think Iggy going yeah. to the Warriors those years ago, uh, Paul on the Suns last year. Sometimes it's more than the minutes they put in. It's the locker room guy. And I think Patrick Beverly brings something special to that team that they probably need. And in a very, very nice and kind of polite way, bring them into line a little bit. It's like D'Angelo Russell's certainly only 25 years old, for goodness sake. Like this team could really be something if they really can pull it all in together. But they're going to have to get out and make a statement early in the season, I think, because does Russell start to get frustrated? He wants to leave as well. Like Anthony Towns, you know, if he if he plays every game this season, he'll be you know he'll live up to that expectation. Anthony Edwards is going to be the number one man on that team, you know, and Jaden McDaniels as well. Uh, left mentioned him; he'll get a chance to start a power forward for the full season. So I really like what the Timberwolves put together, and I think they've got some good pieces in there. Uh, it's again another team that every everything's going to have to go right because we've got some really impressive teams coming up to cut to to preview. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I find it really hard to place the Timberwolves. I think they need to come out and they need to make a statement with those first probably 15 or 20 games of the season. Um, otherwise, it could really fall on a heap for them if they don't sort of pull it all together. Yeah, they might find themselves playing catch up a little bit. Interestingly enough, though, I did see that Carl uh, Anthony Towns did request a trade. I'm not sure if that was rumors or whatever, but you don't sort of want that sort of yeah. stuff floating around, but, you know, preseason, hey. Yeah, I reckon I read that as well. But look, there's a lot of hearsay that goes throughout the preseason, and um, who really knows what could have been the the, the honesty there. But um, but I think he's a good situation for Anthony, Anthony Towns to come out again. He's going to have Edwards on one side. He's got D'Angelo Russell scoring on the other side. Like it's a great situation for him to be in, to be honest, and to be able to lead a team. So we'll see what happens. Oh yeah, I like that right there. Another fun team to look out for there. And now we're switching things up to a team that I'm very much looking forward to watching. I would have thought they might have gone a little bit higher. This is one of those teams in the West that I actually do really, really like. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. Johnny John Morant, you like him, buddy? <laughs> Massive fan, dude. Massive fan. Yeah. And another team that feels very Eastern Conference, like that young course. They're going to be fun to watch. And I actually uh, remember I mentioned the Jaron Jackson shorts on the show the other week. So oh, yes. Oh, yes. They're here. Yes, from the uh, the USA versus World game at the 2019 All Star, so I'm huge on Jaron Jackson Jr. and and of course Jar Morant. They're they're just two uh, guys you can sort of build your team around. Dylan Brooks is a very underrated guard, I think. Um, but he's going to be. Oh, he's start. good, man. He's good. And- yeah, that broken hand's going to keep him out for a little bit. Stephen Adams, who did mention before, he's come across, I think gives him a very st- a very steady veteran at the center, which I think is good because Jaron Jackson can then move to power forward, which I really think that looks quite good. You know, Desmond Baines there, he's going to move into the starting role in his second season. Kyle Anderson and Brandon Clark are both very handy bench players. They're not household names, these guys, but I really think they can sort of provide what the, what the Grizzlies need off the bench. I just want to sort of summarize by saying I really feel like they're building something very special here, the Memphis Grizzlies. They're going to be a team to watch in years to come and a very exciting team and a very, I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but an East Coast sort of team, Nettie, with just the excitement, the young core. They're going to be up and about, and I really hope they do uh, They do well this season. Oh, man, I absolutely love the Memphis Grizzlies. Beautiful sum up there too, Johnny. Love to see those shorts and whatnot too. Funny, I was watching a game of the Memphis Grizzlies against the Bulls the other day, a preseason game, and the Bane guy, he can shoot. But the commentators were doing the Bane from Batman uh, impersonation. They're like... I, I can't do it. I had a friend who could do it very, very well, but that was a lot of fun. I'm all about the Memphis Grizzlies. Hopefully they'll go a little bit bigger than nine. Traith, can you add anything to that, my dear friend? Yeah, Memphis is a fun team. Like, they're a young team, but they play like they're an old team, in my opinion. They're, yeah. they're very reliable. They're very they're very defensively sound. Like, I think people forget that. Kyle Anderson... He's a great defender. What's what's his nickname? Is it Slow Mo Kyle Anderson? Have you guys heard that before? The way he no, runs, he looks like he's Joe in slow for Joe motion. Ingles, but <laughs> no, I've heard the same for Kyle Anderson. He looks like he runs in quicksand. But yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> they're a good team in general. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. He was voted in the GM survey to take to make the biggest leap this season. So I could see him being really, really good. He's he's so good defensively. His only issue is foul, getting in foul trouble. If he can stay out of foul trouble, look, he he literally could win defensive player of the year one day. John Morant, he's he's made that leap. Like he's up there with the Lucas, the Trey Youngs, in my yep. opinion. He's so athletic. Like he's the most athletic point guard since, you know, 
Derek Rose, in my opinion. In fact, he plays very much like Derek Rose, in my opinion. He's so much fun to watch. That man will try and posterize anyone. I don't care if you're in the way. He will try and posterize you. <laughs> uh, he definitely yeah. will. Well said there, Trayton. I think we've all got a bit of Memphis Grizzlies love happening here. Do I feel that amongst us all that they're kind of like our second sort of team sort of thing? I, I don't know if I'm on the, on the wavelength here, but I am all about the Grizz. Yep. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, let's switch things up. We're talking about the uh, top eight in the power rankings now. Here's one that's sort of down a little bit, and it's been a very much a big talking point in the offseason. It's the Portland Trail Blazers. A lot's been speculation and whatnot around Dame Lillard and where he's going to end up. My boy, Chauncey Billups, is now coaching them. Uh, they've got an... Uh, I feel like they should have peaked maybe a year or two ago, in my opinion, and I feel like they're getting older now. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but we're going to throw it to Fitzy. The Portland Trailblazers, they're in at eight, man. Do you think they can yeah. overdo that? Do you think they've, they're not giving them enough credit? What are you thinking? I don't know. They're they're a very tricky team to place. You know, we know what's mm. going on with Dame, and you know, CJ McCollum's name's been thrown around on in your own trades and that sort of thing. But these guys have kind of been notorious for you know getting that seventh and eighth seed just with Dame McCollum and a bunch of sort of role players like Nurkic has yeah. sort of been around a little bit. But they've added Larry Nance, they've added Ben McLemore, Dennis uh, Smith Jr., Tony Snell, Cody Zeller, a few sort of handy veterans. Nothing to sort of write home about there. Uh, they should get a full season from Norman Norman Powell and Nurkic as well, hopefully. But look, the the bottom line is that. Rosser does not scream NBA championship to me like at all. Like I just it think doesn't, that doesn't. Nah, look, Dame's got his thing going on. We all know that you know he pops sort of pops up in the news and, and whereabouts here or there just because he's not happy and this sort of thing. So a lot of it rides on him too much, and we know that he's sort of the, the core of that team there. So I don't know, man. Like I think if they can bring it all together, they could still sort of you know take that seventh or eighth seed spot, or they could be you know three months away from a complete bottom out. Like I really can't place the Blazers, but uh, what do you reckon, Lef? Look. I can summarize it pretty quickly. Great offense, poor defense. When you've got a backcourt of CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, look, you're guaranteed to almost get 50, 60 points per game from those two alone. Literally, they've, they're such a great offense, but defensively, they just they just struggle so much. I think Larry Nance Jr. is going to make a big difference. He was voted the most underrated addition of the offseason. Um, he's going to make a big difference. In Cleveland, he was very underrated. Yeah, he's a very cerebral player, very aware. Don't know if you guys watched him in Cleveland. Yeah, definitely did. Yeah, yep. Yeah, but he's going to make a big difference. Let's not forget Robert Covington. He's a great defender, not so good one on one, but a very good help defender. Um, but yeah, look, I, I agree, Fitzy. To be honest, I think they're a, they're a regular season team. Come the postseason, I reckon they're going to flame out. I mean, look, Portland literally got beaten against a, a backcourt of Austin Rivers and. Facundo Campazzo. I mean, if, if yeah. Damian Lillard and CJ are McCollum are going to get beaten. Facundo? <laughs> oh, I man, he's, he's, he's good. <laughs> no, I, I hear what you're saying. The addition of uh, Norman Powell to them, and that guy can shoot. I don't know if you guys, I think he was in Toronto forever or something, but, man, he can mm. shoot the lights out, that guy. So they've got a bit of scoring punch there. Yeah, they do. It's just too much hinges on Dame. And if Dame's not feeling it, nothing's happening from him. And as Left mentioned, there's just no defense in that backcourt whatsoever. Great scorers, like pure scorers, yeah. but just mm. no defense. So, look, they're just not a playoff team. They don't, like I said, they don't scream NBA championship material, not even sort of top five, six sort of seed there. Yeah, I think it's going to be a it's going to be interesting season season for Portland. And if I was them, I'd be trying to move some of these pieces while they've still got some value before well before the trade deadline at least. Yeah, I agree with that there, Johnny. That might be you know in their best interest to do that for sure. Especially if he's like if a Dame Lillard, as good as he is, man, if he's not happy there, mm. then you know that comes to your culture and all that sort of thing as well. You want people that want to be there. And well, let's hope that they can do okay. Here's a team though; they've got him in at the seventh seed, which is the Golden State. Warriors, I think they might do better than this. They've, they're a very, very good team. Seth Curry is looking, Steph Curry, sorry, is looking very, very good. Clay Thompson set to re return. They've got a great uh, rookie there in Paul. I think he's fairly new, is he? That mm. pool guy, you know who I'm talking about there? Yeah, Jordan Paul. I think he's in his third or fourth year now. Uh, third or fourth year. I'm sorry for saying rookie. That is my rookie mistake. But yeah, he's done some great stuff in the offseason. I don't know. I've got a good feeling about the Golden State Warriors this year. And I think they might finish a lot higher than the seventh seed. Left, what do you think? 
Look, Golden's, Golden State is a hard team to place. I think it really just depends on where Clay comes back. If Clay comes back at 100%, I could literally see them being a top three seed in the West. Yeah. And if Clay comes back at sort of 50, 60%, or even if he comes, Clay will still be able to shoot. But if he's not as good defensively, which I think people forget is one of the reasons why they were so good, then I think they might be a lower seed. But Look, they've still got that core. They've still got Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. Even before Durant came, that was the 73 and nine win team. Let's not forget that. They are and still got incredibly Iggy back good. as well, don't they? Yes, yep. they, they got Iggy back. They've still got yep. Andrew Wiggins, who's yep. at this point Very underrated. Good. Yep, he's still good. Great defensively. James Wiseman, he was their number one pick. L- yeah, literally only last year. He's very good, very underrated. Um, well, I don't want to say underrated, but I think he had an underrated season. He got put in the shadow so much, and I think this year he's going to have a big breakout. I think he's going to learn the, the rotations, learn where to be at the right time. He's very athletic, great for a lob threat, and I think he's going to be underrated. A lot depends on him as well. Look, they've still got Jordan Poole, who you mentioned before, Ned. Man, that guy's literally looked like the reincarnation of Stephen Curry or Clay Thompson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, hasn't he? He's come from nowhere sort of thing, I feel like. He's just playing out of his skin at the moment. I know it's only preseason, but damn, looking good. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kevon Looney still. One Toscano Anderson. He's a, That's a long name to say, but he's underrated. He's a very good glue guy. Look, they've still got they got Otto Porter Jr. during the offseason. Let's not forget their eighth pick in Jonathan Kuminga. That man can score. Potential-wise, he's looking to be, I mean, I don't know. He's looking like he could be another Andrew Wiggins, even sort of like a, a T-Mac light. I'm not going to say he's going to be Tracy McGrady, but he, he has that sort of movement to him. He's very, very smooth. He can pull up from anywhere, really. Moses Moody, Nemanja Bialica. Like they've they've got a very deep team. I think they're going to be good. They're going to be fun this season, though. Like I am so keen to watch some Golden State. Golden State Warriors have always been a fantastic, fun team to watch, and I think this season they're they're back. Is what I'm going to say. They're they're going to be back. I think they'll finish higher than seventh. John, what do you think? Yeah, I think summed up what Left said. They're the basically the dark horse of the West right now. Like they could yeah. easily take the whole division, the whole conference for mine. Damn right. Depending on how Clay Thompson comes back, because the one thing that Clay back in the lineup, I feel like it settles their offense. I feel like they've built their whole offense around these two guys who are lights out shooters. Draymond knows his role. Looney knows his role. Kaminga's going to slot in there nicely. Otto Porter Jr., man, like if he can recapture some of that early career form that he had, he could be anything really. Um, Iggy, I think he's, what, 37, 38 now, whatever he is, but he adds Doesn't that. Doesn't matter, man. No, that's right. He adds that sort of locker room presence to that team as well. I'm excited to see what they can do. Like it could really be anything. It's um, you know, a lot of nice pieces there, but I think Clay settles the offense, and I think that's where it really starts. But definitely the dark horse for me that could steal that Western Conference. Yeah, I like that sum up right there. You boys pretty much in cahoots there. Lining it up nicely. I like it. What do you think about the Denver Nuggets? So I've always had a mega soft spot for Denver left. They have got reigning MVP on their side. How are they going to go this year? Yeah, look, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm not actually a huge fan of Denver. I'm a, I'm a big Get fan of Nikola Jokic. Yeah, man, for look, I, look, I'm a bit biased. You know, Jokic beat Embiid for the MVP. Embiid deserved it over, over Jokic. But anyway, that's all right. I'll leave that to myself. But look, yeah, look. Nikola Jokic, if you've got him, you've literally got a, a walking 110 offensive rating. Like he's a one-man crew. Like you put him on any team and they are a playoff team regardless. He's got that LeBron James, Michael Jordan effect. Um, yeah. One thing which is going to hurt them though, that Jamal Murray injury. Jamal oh, Murray man. is Jamal going Murray to be out so for good. the season. He is. He's out for the season, tandem. is he? Yes. Wow, That's what I I've missed heard. that. Oh, I man. I, did you know that, John? No, I thought he was he was right to come back. Damn, are you sure no. left? That is devastating news. Trace Leffler with the freaking the left hook out of nowhere with the right hand. Boom, boom. Look, you can double check that, but I'm pretty sure he is out for the whole season. And I'm, and right. he may now, Jamal Murray, he is such a beast, man. I am devastated mm. about that. You have broken my heart. And look at you there. You're trying not to smile, you Denver-hating Leffler. <laughs> no, man. One reason to smile, though, that, that man, Michael Porter Jr., 
Got that max oh, yeah. contract in the offseason. Man, he is so good. I cannot wait to watch some Michael Porter Jr. MPJ, baby. That man can score from anywhere. He can score from three. He can score from the mid-range, inside. I think he was like the most... He had like the highest true shooting percentage in the league behind Kevin Durant. And it was only partly like, that man's good. Let's not forget, they've still got Will Barton. That man, your favorite, Facundo Campazzo. Short yes. Kings Unite. <laughs> uh, Aaron Gordon, baby. Yes, Aaron Gordon, great defensively. I'm, I'm keen. I think Aaron Gordon's going to take a little bit more of a leap this year. Back when he was with Orlando, he was sort of that number one guy. He sort of, he showed some of that offensive touch, but sort of lost it last year in the playoffs. If he can get that back, it's going to make a big difference. Let's not forget Blob Blob or Bowl Bowl, if you ever heard of the man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bowl Bowl. That man is just... He's crazy. He's he's got so much potential. I mean, he, he's a bit of a, a bit of a joke at in the league, but you know, he's he's really good. He can sort of built like a praying mantis. From, yeah, man. Summarized exactly. Summarized exactly. Um, but yeah, look, Austin Rivers, Monte Morris. He's great to have off the bench. They're a fairly deep team. They're going to be competitive. I could see them being all the way up to the third seed. I think without though Jamal Murray, they're not going to go far in the off season. Personally, well, I don't know, Fitzy. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, look, it's it's a tough one to play. So I thought Jamal Murray was a lot back, like closer to coming back than uh, than it seems. Apparently, he's a fair way off, so it could be a bit like a Kawhi Leonard situation. He might make it yeah. back for playoffs. He might not. But uh, I think Nikola Jokic is the man. Like he has to back up that MVP season for them to sort of replicate that form. And I'm sort of the same. They could finish anywhere from third down to maybe seventh or eighth potentially, depending on how that goes. But Jokic has got to back up that massive season. But yeah, Michael Porter Jr. He deserved that max contract, I reckon. He's all sorts mm. of fun to watch. Uh, took him a little while to sort of warm up into it, but last season he was fantastic and Aaron Gordon man I think both you guys mentioned him he'll get a full season at power forward as well he'll space the floor out a bit um yeah, Millsap and, and JaVale McGee have moved on but Jeff Green will pick up some veteran minutes off the bench so they're very deep actually the Nuggets and again yeah. another team they just need everything to go right for them this season I think to to go any further than um that sort of semi-final uh, loss against the Suns last year so keep an eye on this on the Nuggets because they could really be anything yeah, man, very well said. I tell you what, that has just absolutely devastated me there, Trafe Leffler. Poppy with the man, Jamal Murray is a key. If he's out for the season, they're no good. All right, let's move on to number five, the Los Angeles Clippers, my favorite team from LA. John, yeah, well, would you like to take things here, yeah. bro? Just that segue from uh, from Kawhi and that ACL, that's probably the biggest talking point, if and when, probably more an if yep. he comes back uh, for mm. that, that Clippers team to really make a playoff push. But we saw playoff P, Paul George was was fairly handy in the playoffs last season. Reggie oh, Jackson's yeah. still there, Marcus Morris, Sergi Barker, Nicholas Batum, Zubax, and Eric Bledsoe, if he can sort of get some solid minutes in there as well. Um, look, I just think if Kawhi doesn't return, which I'm, I'm doubting that he will, unless they really push deep into the playoffs, it's going to be hard to see him going any further this season. But um, I don't know. Like, it's a it's a bit of a, a what-if for the Clippers, I feel. They've obviously put a lot of money and a lot of faith into Kawhi and, and George, and that hasn't worked out. But, like, it's it's such a what-if situation. If those two guys were fit, they'd be right up there, top two seeds, just about in the West, I feel, right now. But I think, left a lot of it's just going to depend on, on what happens with Kawhi this season. Yeah, man, 100%. I, I mean, if Kawhi was healthy last year, I mean, I, personally, I think they would have won the NBA Finals. I mean, you look, they took the Suns to game six with just Paul George and, and Reggie Jackson being that, that second player. Man, Reggie was great in the playoffs. Mm. If Reggie could play say, the man, same Reggie's way. No, he's, he's pretty good. Like, he's no, like, sort of just, oh, and Reggie Jackson. Like, he, he's a starting point guard on most teams, I feel. Oh, yeah. I, look, before the playoffs, I would have completely disagreed. I would have said Reggie Jackson is a bench player, but those playoffs, he earned it. He earned his contract. He's made some, he's got his bag. If he can play like that during the regular season, I think that they can keep on float. I do think they're a bit high personally in these rankings, but um, I could definitely see them being all the way down in the seventh or eighth seed. I think Paul George, if they have a good season, might be a dark horse for the MVP. That might be a bold prediction. I'm not saying he's oh, going to win, you but go. I could, well, you look at when he was playing in OKC. I mean, he was he finished third. And they weren't they were okay that year, but I don't I can't remember what seed they finished. But Paul George is pretty good. Like playoff P, he hasn't set a good reputation for himself. You heard the nicknames Way Off P or Pandemic Paul. <laughs> which <laughs> which cracks me up. But but yeah, they're a good team. Look, they are the best three point shooting team in the league. Maybe 
Golden State might have something to say about it this year. Yeah, I think but so. they took the most attempts, had the highest three point percent shooting. Um, yeah, look, but Fitzy, mate, you were one hundred percent right. It all depends on Kawhi. If Kawhi returns before the playoffs, they could literally be in the NBA Finals. If he doesn't, I think they're a first round exit. I think that's a pretty great sum up right there, Lef. It's much like what you were talking about with Clay Thompson earlier with the Golden State Warriors. We're sort of waiting to see these players come back and how, how they'll come back as well. Because even if he does come back later in the season, he's obviously not going to be at 100%. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get into the swing of things. Kawhi right up there with one of the best players in the world. It's a big, big what if sort of thing. So I think you guys summed that up very nicely. I reckon they might be up a little bit high in these rankings, actually just having a look at that. Yeah, agreed. I think they are a little bit high, but that's 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 what John Schumann said. So I'll just follow the list. All right, my man. All right. Well, how about the Dallas Mavericks? They're predicted to come in at number four in the power rankings right here. And you'd expect uh, Dallas to... I think this is a fair call here. The top four I'm pretty much in agreement with. Dallas Mavericks in at four. You're repping the Mavs, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Got that Luka Doncic shirt on. Dallas Mavericks are my favorite team in the West. And this year, they are going to be good. Look, Luka is going to take that next step. Luka is going to win the MVP this year. Book it, lock it in. I will bet some money on that saying. Luka is How going much? to be the MVP. Oh, I don't know. Big puppy has got a little bit of money, but we'll see how much he wants to bet on that. <laughs> Maybe best ever. Uh, look. Best ever. Big Puffy's got a little <laughs> bit of money. I'm going to tell you, before we move on too quickly there, just think about this for a second, Big Puppy. My buddy, John Fitzgerald, is your friends with the owner's brother or something, or you tweeted him and he tweeted back or something ridiculous <laughs> like that, Cuban's brother. Is this yeah. ringing any bells or am I making this up? No, no, you're right. Brian Cuban and I have tweeted each other a little bit over the years, just very randomly. And I've actually emailed Mark Cuban before and he, he tends to reply. If you've got any thoughts for him, I can send you his email address because he is known to reply to random people getting in touch with him. But yeah, Brian Cuban and I have tweeted each other a couple of times. But uh, yeah, that's a good little memory there, Nettie. Yeah, it is. And I tell you what, big puppy, I think John has got the email address. I say we try to get Cuban on Talking Hoops. Why not? I'm sure he'll like to shoot the breeze with you there, big puppy. You can tell him the story about how you had all those broads around you, how they wanted to take the photo with you, how it's a guaranteed that Luke is going to win MVP. And I think you're going to, he's going to be all over you, man. That's awesome. Fitzy, that's so cool. The fact that you've got in contact with sort of people like that and and what'd you say, Brian Brian Cuban? Yeah, it's his brother, Brian Cuban. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's so cool. Fitzy doesn't yeah, muck back- around. I'll tell you that right now, left. But we are going sidetracked here. Continue on with the Mavs breakdown. <laughs> yes, Dallas Mavericks. Look, I think they're gonna be good this year. A full year of Chris Tapps, Porzingis being healthy is going to make a big difference. If we can get Chris Tapps back to his New York form, shooting threes, being an efficient mid-range player, being great defensively, like that man was, he was excellent as an anchor defensively. If he can do that again for Dallas, it's going to make a big difference. They've still got Tim Hardaway Jr. You were just talking about then, sorry, left eyes. I zoned out for a second there. You're talking Porzingis because he had like a very poor season last year. He needs to yes. step up. Yes, exactly. Chris Tapps, pausing is my man. He's he's a frustrating player, but if he can mm. step it up, he'll make a big difference. They've still got Tim Hardaway Jr., who on any night can erupt for 30. I love Tim yep. Hardaway. He's such a fun player. Um, Reggie Bullock, he's a great three-point shooter. Came from that New York team. He provides some great defense, great three-point shooting. Let's not forget Jalen Brunson. Man, Jalen Brunson is such a good secondary point guard off the bench. I mean, he, he can run that second team, provide some great playmaking, some 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 decent scoring. He's a great pick-and-roll handler. They've got Dorian Finney-Smith, who was great in the playoffs. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith, he was a really underrated defender. Defended Kawhi super-duper well. They've still got Maxi Kleber, Josh Green, who you guys might know pretty well. I think he's going to have a, a bit of a breakout season. Dwight Powell, Moses Brown, the big man, Boban Marjanovic. Uh, the most likable player in the NBA. I tell you what, the most likable guy on this podcast is Mr. Leffel. Look how enthusiastic he is rolling through these names. I absolutely love it. Can you add anything onto the Mavs right there, Johnny? I think Leffler's all over these Mavs like me on the Pistons, man. You sure you're a a 76ers man there, (laughs) Leff? Look, the Dallas Mavericks are my second favorite team, okay? So I, I, I do like them. 
I noticed, man. I noticed. Well, Johnny, can you add anything on the Mavs there? Do you think that's a fair projection for these guys to yeah. finish in the four? I can't add much to the players in the list, but there's one man you haven't mentioned yet, Mr. Jason Kidd taking the helm as well. He's my boy big time. So I had to throw Jason Kidd in there. I'm really, really excited to see what he what he can do with that team. So he's going to be able to work with those guards really well. Doncic as an MVP, left hit the nail on the head. He'd be my prediction. He's a guy, he's a bona fide superstar who can put the team on his yes. back and get it done. Legit, like there's, there's, there's guys in the league who can get it done on offense. There's guys in the league who can get it done on defense. Luke is the one guy who can get it done no matter what. You know, you put him on the back, the Michael Jordan-esque sort of uh, performance that he can put in. Um, I'm keen to see what the Mavs can do. And, yeah, I kind of have a soft spot for him too just because of the Jason Kidd Yes. Factor. I like yes, it man, right I there. I'll it. tell you what, it's it's lucky for us Australians too. I don't know if you guys, you guys will remember the bronze medal game there. Luca was a bit off on that game. He had an injured wrist. He was strapped up and all that sort of thing. Mm. And I think it's very lucky for us that he had that because – it could have went a whole different way, but we are up to the top three now, lads. And I here's a team that I really, really want to see do well. It's the Utah Jazz. They've been up and about that area for the last couple of seasons now. Of course, our guy Joe Ingles there. It's Utah. It's the team. I could. It just. I love the Jazz, man. There's something about them. Shout-outs to my boy Darcy from the F45 gym. He's big, big Utah Jazz man there. Darcy Hogan, big props to him, man. Can Utah get it done for Darcy John? Let's go. I hope so, man. Like, they finished first in the uh, West last season. It's just the playoffs. It's just they just can't get it done yeah. in the season, unfortunately. But, like, I think they can back up last season. They've got Gobert. He's arguably one of the best big men defensively in the game. They've got a mix of incredibly deadly three-point shooters. They've got Donovan Mitchell there. Um, he yeah. leads the way, of course. They've added a couple of veterans. Rudy Gay, who's still hanging around, apparently. Wow. Whiteside, he's never really lived up to his potential, but he had some valuable minutes off the bench. Um, Eric Pascal's come across from the Warriors. Um, and they've already got some decent depth there. We haven't mentioned um, Jordan Clarkson there, uh, Joe Ingles as well. Mike just, Conley? Uh, Mike Conley, of course. He's a super... I, I love Mike Conley. I'm a love massive him. fan of his. Absolutely Same. love him. But it's just... They're a very well-rounded team. They're very deep. It's just they just can't get it done in finals. I think that's as simple as it is for the Utah Jazz. Something's got to change there. Come play or say left. Yeah, definitely. The, hit it on the head. I think that Rudy Gay signing is extremely underrated. The problem is during the playoffs, they just... Rudy Gobert keeps getting just taken out of the game. He can't defend on the perimeter. That's why LA beat them in only, I think it was five or six, the Clippers. Like, Rudy Gobert just got stuck on the perimeter and he just got cooked. Like, adding, yeah, adding in another switchable player in Rudy in Rudy Gay just makes such a difference. Being able to play him at the five, he's switchable, allows him to play out. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is a great defender. Like, he's going to play 90% of the minutes during the playoffs. But just, you know, those last five minutes, if you need to switch it up, change it up, chuck in Rudy Gay at the five, play him there. And look, I think they're a great team. I love my man, Joe Ingles. I love Donovan Mitchell. He's going to take another leap again this year. And they're just a good team. Yeah, nicely summed up there. And they really need to get it done this season, I feel, for Joe. It has to be this season. He's getting older now. I'm not too sure how many years he's got left in the NBA. Just looking here, he's 34 years old. He can shoot the lights out, as we know. What do you think, John? Do you think he'll be hanging around for too much longer? Nah, I think he's back to the NBL, maybe after this season. Yeah, I agree. So it's this year or nothing for the Utah Jazz, if you're talking on the Joe Ingle side of things. I would highly agree with that there, Johnny, my man. Let's switch things up to the top two here. And, of course, we have to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. They do like to get themselves a super team behind LeBron James, and they have well and truly done that this offseason. The signings are just through the roof it's, a, it's pretty much a case of will they stay healthy, and if they do, they're going to be very hard to stop. They're an older team, but, man, the experience and whatnot on that team, I would not want to be coming up against them. Left, these are all probably mostly players that were best known in the pre-2016s, man, when they really were the old school days, my man. So I'm going to kick things off with Johnny, the Lakers, my man. What are you thinking about these guys apart from getting the vomit back? Well, full disclosure, as you've just alluded to, we're not big fans of the Lakers and the way they're going about things. There's a few guys that are involved with our podcast who would disagree with that. But um, Definitely. Anyway, each to their yeah. own. 
Yeah, it's that's right. So look, it's obviously going to come down to this new big three. They've got LeBron, Davis, Westbrook. How they can mesh uh, and if they can stay healthy is another big thing. But look at how they've changed up this supporting cast. I had to make a note of this one. Kuzma, Schroeder, Caruso, Harold, KCP and Gasol out amongst others. I'll probably miss some in there. Mallow's come across. Dwight's come back. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Wayne Ellington, Bazemore and Trevor Reza, another guy apparently still in the league. He's a uh, He's been added in there for some veteran depth. I mean, God, it's a, it's again a bit of a playoff, uh, sorry, finals or bust for the Lakers potentially with that aging support cast. LeBron's getting older. Davis, if he stays healthy, we know what he, we know what he can do. Yeah. Westbrook's the one though left. I, I'm very interested to see how he's going to sort of fit into the mix here. We know what he did. He was amazing at Washington last season. He really took that team to another level. Do you think he can coexist with Davis and LeBron? Uh, look, I love Russ. I, like, I'm a big fan of Russ. Russ is probably, he was my first favorite player in the league, I reckon, when he won So that. much so that he's going to wear the dress to match with Russ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. No, but but I, I think the issue with the Lakers is spacing. I think the problem is Russell Westbrook, he's a very, very inefficient three-point shooter. LeBron's not a three-point shooter. He, he's, he's average at best. Davis is also average. I think that's going to be their biggest issue, spacing. Um, I could I could see it working, but I, I prefer Russ and LeBron sort of playing on-off. So when LeBron comes on, Russ goes off. When Russ goes on, LeBron comes off. Because the biggest issue for the Lakers last year is they just didn't have that secondary ball handler. When LeBron was off, the Lakers were just a shocking team, which, as you know, Russ is probably one of the best. I'd say he's probably one of the best floor raisers in NBA history. He doesn't take your team. The ceiling doesn't get that much higher, but he mm. can take a team like that OKC Thunder team or that Washington team and bring them to the playoffs. So I think that'll make a big difference, but it still just comes down to LeBron and Davis. I think LeBron's getting old now. I think this is maybe his last good year in the NBA. He'll still be good next year, but I think after that, you're going to be looking at him outside the top 10. I think you can classify them as the retirement league of the home, retirement home of the league. Sorry, they just—they've got like the most over thirty-five players in in league history ever. Yeah, I think this season, which is crazy. I mean, they've also got the most Hall of Famers of all time, which is another another thing to note. Yeah, but which you guys probably wouldn't be huge fans of. Um, yeah, I don't have too much to add, really. I think Malik Monk's a crazy... I don't know how they got Malik Monk. That's just crazy to me. He is so good. He's going to be a big deal to them. He's a great spark yeah. plug. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure about the Lakers, though. It all depends on injury. They're injured. They're going to be out in the first round again. If not, they could very easily win the NBA championship. And exactly right there, Left. That I think you, once again, hit the nail on the head. I 100% agree with that. If these guys remain healthy, they're probably going to win the chip. It's as simple as that, but injuries could play the better of them. Like, you could have half their team out and, you know, they not even make the finals. Like, it's or the playoffs like you just don't know like because they are so old there are so many players 33 and up so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see Rajon Rondo back there in the helm uh who else was I looking at here DeAndre Jordan I'm not sure if you mentioned him Johnny another one that they uh signed in the offseason as well so it's very much like a superstar team from probably peaking in the old school days of 2016 I would say right <laughs> there left I'd say more like 2013, 2014, but oh, that's okay. There you go. He's, he's really making <laughs> yeah. us feel old now, John. All righty. Well, yeah. it's come to that number one position. Big, big shout outs to my cousin, Lewis Smokey Weir. He loves the Phoenix Suns. And these guys have done it right. I, I do feel, Johnny. They've recruited yep. well. They've done good. They've got Booker. They're an amazing team. They made it to the NBA finals last year. Unfortunately, not getting it done. Can they go one better this year? I think they've got the pieces to do it. I think a lot of it relies on Chris Paul, though. I'm very interested to see how he back, backs up last season. That was his deepest playoff run, mind yep. you, for Chris Paul, basically going all the way to the end. And they didn't really do much wrong. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, the Bucks were just too good for them in the end. But they've sort of kept that same uh, that same core Paul Booker, Crowder, Aiton, and Bridges as well. He's a, he's a very underrated player. And I love what they've done, the Suns, as you said, Nettie. They've built the team the right way. We're very yep. old school when it comes to uh, building up a team instead of going with the 
almost fantasy draft style of the Los Angeles Lakers. But um, I think that the supporting cast is quite good. Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson, JaVale McGee comes across. They'll be relying on him for some minutes. Alfred Payton's an interesting signing too. And uh, Landry Shamet, he came from the Nets, I'm pretty sure. So they've got some decent role players in there. They all fill a, fill a, fill a need, I suppose. But um, I really think Chris Paul's probably the one. Like he was obviously being, was he shopped around or whatever happened at the end of last season? He wanted a big contract and obviously... 36 this season. Again, like I said, backing up off the longest sort of playoff run of his career. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think, left on this one because um, I think they could do it. But um, again, it's just going to have to all go right and stay healthy. Before you jump in there, Lef, it's got to be this season too, much like with the Utah Jazz. For Chris Paul, it has to be this season, you'd say, because he is aging, man, 36 years old. Like, if they're going to get it done, that was so close last year. He still hasn't got a chip. Everyone wanted to see it last year, of course, apart from the Milwaukee fans. But if it's going to be any time, it's going to be this this season, I think, for Phoenix. Lef, jump in. Schoolless, my friend. Oh, look, I want to say last year was Phoenix's best chance to win a championship mm. with Chris Paul. It was wide open last year. Obviously, the Lakers out in the first round, Kawhi injured, Murray out. Last year was the year to do it, in my opinion, for the Suns. I think they're going to be a good team this year. Look, they've basically run the whole team back again. You're getting another year out of DeAndre Ayton. He's going to be better. Although there's been some issues I hear with the contract. I did Apparently see that. Phoenix... Well, he wanted a max contract, is that right? But the Phoenix Suns are saying that yeah. he's not worth it. He's not up there with the um, max contract type players, which is interesting. Mm, uh, look, I'd, I'd give it. He was the number one pick. He deserves it. He, he played his tail off in the playoffs. They wouldn't have made it to the finals without him. Um, look, another year of Devin Booker. Devin Booker certified himself as, as one of the best shooting guards, if not the best shooting guard in the league. I mean, he had back-to-back 40-point games in the NBA Finals. Both of which they lost. Funny enough, both of which they lost. But I mean, that's some elite company. Um, Look, literally only LeBron, Michael Jordan, Jerry West, Shaq and Rick Barry have ever had back-to-back 40-point games. Oh, and Giannis, but I wasn't counting him. Same playoffs or same finals. But yeah, like that's some elite company. Devin Booker is a certified bucket getter. The best thing about Devin Booker too is he's only 24 years old, man. He's just getting warmed up. I just can't believe it. He seems so. He seems like a vet now. He seems so old. Yeah. But look, they've got that experience. I think you get some another year out of obviously some of their young guys in in Mikel Bridges, um, Cam Johnson. He's a bit underrated. Look, I could see them maybe slipping down to even like the four or five seed. I think come playoffs, though, that's when it's really going to come together. I think Chris Paul's going to turn it up a notch. But look, I can't see them making the finals again. Personally, I think there's too many teams who are better than them this year. I think the only reason they would make it is if injuries sort of happen and they get sort of the luck of the draw. But it's Chris Paul. You never know. It's Devin Booker. I'll never say never. Yeah, never say never in this case, Johnny. Can you add anything to that there, man? Is there anything that you feel? I, I think Leffler summed it up pretty well there. It's got to be this year for the Suns yeah. if they're going to get it done for Paul. I think he signed a two-year contract, if I remember correctly. But I, this year's got to be the year. But I actually tend to agree with him. I don't think they'll make the finals this year. Yeah, I, I actually agree as well. It's it, like I said, it's all going to have to go right for them, and they almost need that perfect kind of you know Moses separating the sea kind of thing, like <laughs> happened last year with injuries to certain players, and you know, like I said, yeah, it's just so much that goes into this sort of thing that it's it's quite fascinating. You got me thinking about that left, at, at, like looking at them last season. Would they have made it all that way through if the Lakers didn't go out in the first round and there wasn't injuries to your Leonard's and these sorts of guys? So it's fascinating and makes an interesting sort of tale in the West. I reckon the team that sort of stays the most healthy might come out on top just based on default in a sense in, in, in a way so yeah we'll, we'll keep an eye on things but um the phoenix suns could be they could have one more run at it or they could sort of bow out and not even get past sort of that first or second round for mine yeah that's what we've sort of spoken about in the past too isn't it like 100 percent right there and like that's what you're saying like would milwaukee have even won last year if it wasn't for injuries and whatnot and in this season like you know you've got leonard out for possibly the entire season like you mentioned left murray's out for possibly the entire season the lakers they're very old so eh, mm. you know the door may still be slightly open for the phoenix sun so we'll have to just wait and see but one thing's for sure though boys and i think you'll both agree on this it is going to be an amazing facet awesome throwing a few more very cool words to describe this upcoming season i couldn't be more hyped agreed yeah. I'm, I'm keen I, I can't wait to watch golden state this year dallas yeah. they're my two teams on my radar to watch out for um it's, it's going to be fun not as good as the east but close close 
I love it that you said that, Lef. That's why I got you on here, man. Eastside, baby. All about it. And you forgot to mention the Memphis Grizzlies. You want to see Utah Jazz do well. It's not as an exciting, for us anyway, conference here in the Western Conference. Who else have we got? Denver. I'd like to see those guys do good. Trailblazers is going to be very interesting to see what happens there with Lillard. I, I think you're right, Johnny. I think they'll he may be traded by the deadline, which will be unfortunate to see because he's always been one of those guys that has been remained very loyal to his side but hey we're gonna have to watch this space gonna be a good one yeah and i I don't think i've ever been so hyped about an nba season that i have for this one to be quite honest we're talking the other day left it's funny that you sort of mentioned the 2016 nba is kind of old school and i reckon that's kind of when ned and i sort of sort of switch focus to nbl a little bit more because that's sort of when the warriors you know built that super team durant came to town we thought oh we'll just start following nbl a little bit more so we're now getting back full full uh full time on the nba bandwagon and i can't wait for the season to start it's going to be fantastic yeah, it's going to be a good one. So thank you so much, fellas, for taking time out. The Western Conference is in the bag right there. Will we make some bold predictions and whatnot on the next episode of Talking Hoops, I think. Lev's already gone out and said Luca's going to win MVP, which uh, you tend to agree with there, Johnny. I, I think it's a pretty safe thing. He's the future of the league. Man, it's going to be so exciting. But thank you, John. Thank you, Lef. That's Talking Hoops for another week. Be sure to check Johnny out too on uh, fantasy football fanatics man or is it football fantasy fanatics uh, some combination of all that yeah the NFL season <laughs> heating up moment. really good game the other night as well and uh, tell you what the Raiders baby are up and about and Eddie Herbs is all sorts of excited the Arizona Cardinals going to this weekend the only undefeated team in the NFL a lot of question marks a few around a few running backs that are, are injured so yeah and don't be, don't be afraid to uh, jump on the Twitter as well and ask us a few questions if you're struggling to set that Sunday night lineup before the games kick off tomorrow morning but yeah we're just uh, busy and busy and busy Neddy it's great oh hell yeah we'll be back next week for another edition of Talking Hoops. We be out. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. GreyWolfEntertainment.net.